I'm your host, Todd Westra, and this is a, an amazing episode. Absolutely love it. We had a discussion with one of those good folks. Yes, Courtney folk, to be specific. She's an awesome business leader. She has grown a business with her husband over the past 20 years and refined it into a very specialized operation just in the last four or five years, well, seven years, that has grown and scaled to an amazing level. Really great revenue, tons of employees, and awesome clients that she's been able to help and serve as she's grown and scaled her operations. She's got aspirations, she's got goals, she's got a place she's taking the business, and you're gonna hear that right away in this interview. You're also gonna hear about some amazing effects that she's been able to experience by living true to her core values. These core values are important to her. She could rattle them off it just right off the bat with no problem because she believes in them and they are part of her and her business. So get ready for an amazing episode of, that will inspire you in the world of, of clothing and beauty. She's been able to take products, get them to market and take over the problems that so many designers and and brands have to deal with in their ability to get products to market, get them to clients. I love companies that are based off this type of service. They always provide a value that helps grow and nurture the growth of their clients. And so enjoy this episode. We'll catch up with you on the other side. Welcome to the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra. And I am so glad you're here today because we are going to interview an amazing founder or executive who is going to share with us their decisions that they made that exploded their growth. So if you need some inspiration, you want to hear how other businesses are doing it, this is a place to be and we are glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. I have got an amazing guest on today. She is one of those folks, yes, I said one of those folks, who has a lot of experience in growth and scaling and ironically, as part of her name. She's just one of those folks that we all like to get to know. So, Courtney, tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Courtney Folk. I am the owner of Renewal Logistics, and we are a fulfillment company for the fashion industry. So we help, we help brands okay. make sure that their products make it to their customers on time. All right dive deeper. I mean, that, that sounds so um, generic. So, what do you do to solve their problem? What's their problem that you solve? So a lot of brands um, have factories in Asia or somewhere else offshore, and they need a place right. for their goods to, to land when they make it to the U.S. And then they are selling goods e-com as you know, which means directly to you and I, um, kind of like how right. Amazon drops packages at your doorstep. And then they're also selling totally. packages or goods to um, wholesalers. And so there's a lot of technical component to making sure that the goods that are being sold to Dillard's or Macy's or whoever um, fit their um, very specific requirements. Um, the result could be chargebacks if that's not done properly. So we help manage that yes. process. And then also companies do a lot of drop ships. So like brands like um, Dillard's or Macy's or whoever, who they don't want to own the product, but they still want to bring yeah. on a new brand and try them out. They will actually set up like a dropship account with that brand 
and then so it, it feels like a, a you know like um at, we're shipping something e-com but it's actually it looks like it's coming from macy's or dillard's or, or whoever awesome and i mean that's fascinating because i have never been in the fashion world um <laughs> however I have I have uh, known people on the China side who work in the factories getting product ready to ship and then send them over. Oh. You're helping companies on this side who you're basically the receiver. You catch the products, you kind of prep them for delivery, both to wholesale and to direct to consumer. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we work with factories in Asia and South America to you know um, coordinate and make sure that things are going to come over properly. For our customers, um, we can get involved with the actual shipping component. Like if someone needs help finding someone to globally, you know, someone who's going to ship from that factory to the port and then from the port over the ocean right. to us, we can kind of get involved with all of that. I kind of say we do everything that a brand just doesn't want to do. So like, um, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people who start businesses and, and this changes over time, but you, you become an entrepreneur because you have a passion and something that you love to do. And then you start to become right. a manager, right? Like you end up having to take on all the operational yes. piece. So we do as much as we can to bring relief to that to that designer or that company um, to take off as much of that as possible so they can just continue to accelerate their brand and get to know their customers and come up with new really cool products. I love it. It sounds very Michael Gerber-esque with the e-myth. Is that kind of what you, yes, you're solving? Yes, 100%. So like, I tell people all the time, people will always be like, oh, I just don't know if I'm ready for fulfillment. Like, I, I really right. don't want to do it, but I just don't know if I'm big enough or whatever. And or, you know, oh, it's, it's going to be more expensive than what I'm doing now. And I'm like, you know what is also more expensive than what you're doing now is if you were to clean your house yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. but who wants to do that? <laughs> and do you really want to have to deal with a bunch of like warehouse workers every day and pick up warehouse it. management software and sign a commercial lease like there's just so much to it and it's just so much easier if you can just yeah let someone else that be someone else's problem <laughs> okay i love your solution and i love i love that you knew my my uh my reference there because the e-myth to me those of you who have not read it is like a guidebook for everyone trying to grow and scale out of launch phase into some type of a growth area in their business and so I love that you knew that and I love that you live that because it sounds like you were describing to me the girl in the story who's the pie maker and she, you know, loves to make pies, but she's a horrible manager. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and right? Yeah, that book so is all you about take like these... how to go from being a single a single person to having an actual company that's got lots of people and, and that that that's a hard process for most companies never get there. So um it's hard. Yeah. I think it's because they don't learn that lesson that they never get there. Yeah. Well, it's so hard. To, you know what? The two things that are hard about it. Number one, can you afford to hire someone? Can you really afford it? Yeah. And then number two, when is it time to hire someone? And, and, and you know, like people right. are so scared of like letting go of control of any little thing. Totally. Totally. Now, now that being said, you solve this problem. Tell us about your business because you have you have been a part of a business for a long time and then you started a, a, this additional, almost like a supplemental logistics management company to kind of help other people doing a similar process to what you do or have been doing for years. How, how do you 
tell us about your own journey. I mean, how has that gone? How, what parts of it did you really enjoy? Let's start with the stuff you enjoy first. Okay. So, um, I'll get, I'll try to give you the like 30 second spiel on what our journey was. So my husband yeah. and I, um, started working with his parents at their four itty bitty dry cleaning stores 20 years ago. Awesome. And awesome. we were like, we know we can do something great. We just don't know what, and this is our one opportunity we've been afforded. So we're going to take it and figure out where it can go. And then we, right. um, realized that in insurance restoration, um, we could be cleaning, you know, 400 units per one customer rather than four units per customer, which is what it was at the retail dry cleaning wow. business. So we yeah. grew that to become the largest restoration dry cleaning company that's independent in the U.S. And um, wow, we have an 85,000 square foot dry cleaning facility in Atlanta, um, Shut up. as well as a 30,000 square foot one that's in South Carolina. And then um, in 2013, we were someone reached out to us that had a really large problem in the apparel space. Like it was like a top three company, um, that sells apparel and they had just this really big issue. No one in the whole world right. could solve it for them. And so they had to look outside of their normal network and they found us online randomly. And awesome. we were like, this is our big break. This is our break to go from doing 400 units per customer to 4 million units per customer. So wow. we took it and we ran with it. And now we have, um, a, you know, a, we're one of the largest apparel specific distribution companies in the U.S. at this point. Congratulations. Thank you. Woo. I love that. I That just gave me like goosebumps. I mean, it's so cool. Oh, thank you. Um, no, seriously, it's it, as a founder and I'm sure you do the same thing. It's like, it's so fun to hear how someone goes from solving a simple problem like a dry cleaning into solving a little bit bigger problem, helping other dry cleaners into a bigger problem, which is like, Hey, you guys have got processes already in play. How do I tap into your expertise and then take this to a much bigger solution that has a much bigger problem, right? Yeah. And you know, what was so cool? It was just being so hand in hand with our customers over the years is what led us to that. So like, um, our business now is, getting in and having a, just a really intimate relationship with apparel companies that are out there and okay, what's your process? Tell me every detail yeah. about it. And then how, how can, how can we do the exact same thing that you're doing, replicate exactly the same success that you have, right. but break it out across of a much larger team so that it's more scalable. Like, you know, a brand that has, you know, a like someone gets featured and like this happened to us. We also have a brand that, that is one of the top most reviewed products on Amazon. And we would get, wow. we're crazy. We just, we can't sit still. That's awesome. <laughs> well, what is it? What is it? Tell us. Thank you. It's Beam Electronics is the brand. It's on Amazon and okay. we sell cell phone car mounts and we have, I think about 85,000 reviews on Amazon right now. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Way to go. All right. All right. That's, that's amazing. Now back to the story. This is, that's so cool. So, so what, what is the, what is the next thing? So you, you go into these companies, you're helping them solve this logistical problem of how do I take what we're doing and, and spread it out even broader. Is that right? Right. So these brands have internal fulfillment processes. They they're, they're fulfilling out of their retail store and they're out of room right. and they don't know how to you know, do they open a facility and do it themselves or do they hire someone else? And 
the concern is always, you know, are, is this really going to be an extension of my business or is this going to be, yeah. you know, what, what if I make the wrong mis mistake and they can't fill orders? And, and so like my point right. was just, if they stay where they are and they get featured in like we did in Rolling Stone magazine, you know, we ended up having like a huge spike the next day. And for the next few days after that feature, <laughs> how are they going right. to manage that if they have two people in a really teeny tiny retail store? percent. So we have a, a team of like 100 full time workers and 300 associate workers. And so basically we can scale from day to day and never even, you know, break a sweat. Love it. Ah, systems, processes and people, right? I mean, you have kind of mastered that logistical nightmare that most people, it, let's face it. I mean, a lot of people in fashion, a lot of people in business are more the creative artistic side. They're not so much a logistics, like operational type of mindset. Would you say? Oh yes. A hundred percent. So, so when you pick up a new client and you go in and you sit down with them, like you were talking about, and you talk about what their current processes look like and where where they're going and how they're doing it i got to imagine that for you every new client you're just like okay there's the problem there's the problem they got they got the five red flags that i'm seeing right now what's what's maybe two or three of those big red flags that you see that you're just like oh my gosh we can totally help these guys man what a good question well you know one of our core values is bring relief um, in fact, that's, I talk about Ooh. that all the time. If you hear anything else that I have out there, it's always about bringing relief. And like, so people come to us, I have a great example right now. It's a subscription box company. They've been with two different facilities. Um, they, you know, what's happening is they, they came in at one price, the facility gave them one price. And then they yeah. tried to actually operationalize the process of kitting these boxes for them. And then now they're like charging them twice what they should, what they originally said. And so that's right. one that's one thing is just really making sure you have a really clear understanding of what the customer is looking for and for us yeah. what we do is we say okay what what are the results that you're looking for what what do we have to make sure on the backside um, you're going to have in terms of a final results after we sign the contract because the contract is the beginning of the relationship it's not the end right so that's one right. and i think the other is like you see people and they just still don't quite know how to figure out like how many SKUs they should have should they hold on to yeah. inventory for yeah. years and years? And, and there's definitely a, a point where if you're not selling inventory and you're, you're paying carrying costs on it for storage every single month, you need to get rid yeah. of it and, you know, really kind of like be proactive and assertive about how you manage your totally. SKUs so that you can, you know, make the best of the space that you have yourself. And also certainly whenever you outsource to someone else. So I think those are two places right. that we can really kind of help a lot of people and, you know, um, I love it. And, and like I said, a lot of times customers will call us and they'll say, oh my gosh, like I, recently I had one, um, a company that sells into a lot of the big box retailers. They were like, I have 800,000 pairs yeah. of shoes. They have mold contamination. I need to handle this return. What do I do? And they're stressing like crazy. Like, I just wish that I could convey to you how much excitement that we have when we are able to provide that relief and all of a sudden they have someone they can trust and they know it's going to work out and you can see it come over their face. The, the, I love it, it. It's just awesome. It's the best feeling. I love it. And I love, I love that that's one of your core values. I, I think that, uh, 
you know, growing and scaling takes a lot out of a, out of a person, out of a company. And as you start to add heads to your own operations, I, I'm, how many core values do you have? Uh, this is not part of the normal podcast, but you brought it up. So I want to dive into it just a little bit. Tell us about your core values and what has that done with your ability to attract the right people and to kind of grow your organization the way you want it to be seen? That's awesome. Uh, that's an awesome question. Um, so I'll tell you my three top favorite core values, and then we have a couple extra yeah. that we're always kind of playing around with, but um, bring, yeah. bring relief. Um, uh-huh. you know, um, always promote trust. So like our decision filter that we make every day is if we do this, is this, or, you know, like for me with you as a, or for me with a, an employee is whatever I say to them going to promote trust or is it going to break down trust? Um, for my employees right. to their boss, for, from us to our customers, everything we should do and everything we do should promote trust. And so that means sometimes telling yeah. people the truth, like, what you're asking for is just not realistic and here's why, or, you know, but just a a good example, we had an employee who, um, you know, didn't tell us that they needed a Friday afternoon off. Well, that went against our core values because it didn't promote trust. It actually created it degraded trust. And then the third one is discretionary effort. So like, um, I always say, you know, discretionary effort is the lift that takes a business from, one level to the next level is having people who truly have discretionary effort. And it's certainly you can't have, you know, bring relief or promote trust if you're not putting in a a significant amount of discretionary effort. So those are our three main ones. We also have like no entitlement and, you know, um, deliver excellence. But I think those all kind of go into the main three. And um, from the perspective of like hiring, I think it's just so great to you tell someone up front, this is what it's going to be like to work here. And, you know, and then if you have to have a conversation later, you can, but it's like, I already told you, this is the environment you're coming into and, you know, like deliver excellence. Like, you know, it's, you're going to have four or five drafts. We're not going to just take your first work product and you're going to have to get to the level where you're used to working at that, at that high level of quality to be here. Love it. Um, so, you know, I think core values are incredibly I important. I, I appreciate you sharing that. That was totally uh, not something you prepared for. And and you mentioned four core values that I think are awesome. And, and I got to believe that your clients can see into that. How often do your clients hear about your core values? Do they hear about it at all? Um, you know... I, I don't, honestly, I don't think we talk enough about it to our clients. Um, that is something that should. I'm working on in terms of like, certainly the like provide relief, I think is something we talk about all the time. Um, but right. like really codifying that and it's something that everyone can kind of roll off their tongue. We need to do a better job with that. I think that, I think that you've done a great job in the fact that you off the cuff were able to roll out four of them. And, and you do have a couple more that you mentioned and referred to, but listen, I think that in a company's journey to try and grow and scale, those, those things right there that you just mentioned are what unite your company. They unite your brand. They kind of say what you are and it brings the right kind of people in. And when you get more vocal about sharing this with your clients, I know you're going to find that your clients are going to come to depend on your values 
to be an extension of their business. I mean, if you're if you're going out there to be an extension of someone's business like you are, it's important for them to say, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally need to, to rely on that from them because maybe I should incorporate some of those into my business. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I think that you're going to see a tremendous more amount of growth because people, when they rely on you on an emotional level, not just on a logistical level, they do give you more trust, which means more business and which means just a better united front. And so I, I hope that I'm going to challenge you on this podcast. We'll check in with you in a few months to do that. And I think that if you do, you're going to see some awesome things happen. Well, I will absolutely take that challenge. And that, I think that's great advice. And that's the, that's the beauty of things like this. Meeting people like you is, is learning, you know, having like an external yeah. lens to show you where you can improve. And, um, and so that's, that's awesome. I will absolutely do that. And I will let you know how it goes. I can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to hear about it. Hey, listen, Courtney, I asked you ahead of time. Um, to be thinking about someone as you've gone through these growth pains and and the, as you help other clients through these growth pains, there's someone in your circle, someone in your network that you look at that kind of inspires you to kind of keep you going and put you on the, on the line that you want to be on. Who is that person? Give us that shout out. Um, I would say Esther Kestenbaum. She was the former CCR. I think what was she? She was the former president for Ruby Has, which is another fulfillment company. She scaled that business from like 17 million to 170 million in three years. And she is just incredible to work with. She is. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like an inspiration right there. She, she totally is. And, and, you know, and like being a company that's um, about the same size as the one that she started with, like, um, yeah, just knowing what I don't know and having someone to go to yeah. and say, you know, why do I keep getting stuck with this issue? How do I get past it? You know? Yeah. And like, and that's really what I strive to be with people who are smaller, who are trying to get their business off totally. the ground. But, um, it has just been a game changer for me to have her as an advisor. I love it. Woo. That's a great one. I love, I love good shout outs and I love what you're doing. I love the trajectory you guys are on. And I am so excited to check in with you in a few months and hear about what changes you've been able to see from just really magnifying those core values. But for those listening, I hope you found some value in this conversation. I know I did. And Courtney, how do people hear more about what you're up to? Are you active on LinkedIn, Instagram? Like, Where are you at? Yep. So we are definitely on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I would say actually LinkedIn more so. Um, you can Good. follow me at Courtney D. Folk um, on Instagram. Um, our LinkedIn handle and our Instagram handle for our company is at Renewal Logistics. And then I believe on cool. Instagram that I'm either Courtney Folk or Courtney D. Folk. But um, I post a lot on there. So um, I would love to have anyone. We'll put it. We'll put in the show notes so people Perfect. will look you up and, and make sure the right one's in there. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You sound like me. It's like, ah, crap. I know where I'm at on LinkedIn, but on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you so much. And, and I am just so proud of your growth and what you've been able to do. It truly will be an inspiration to those listening today. So those of you listening, Go follow up with her, see what she's up to, see what you can learn and glean from her experience as she's been able to grow and scale her companies and help other people grow and scale their companies. So thanks, Courtney. Thank you, Todd. So great to be here. What did you think of that interview? It kind of took a different direction than normal in talking about the challenges that she sees. 
But I hope you I hope you understand that in growth and scaling, there's more to it than just solving a problem. That being said, solving a problem is the primary function of your business. But in her in her business growth, what I felt like I felt from the, the interview was that uniting and and bringing your organization into alignment with a very systematized process that can be predictable, that can be helpful, is something that a lot of your clients are going to want from you, especially service-based companies. A service-based company that isn't super clear on the results and the way that they do things has a hard time getting new clients. But with them, they've been able to grow and scale effectively because of the clarity they have in their mission, the clarity they have in who they serve, and how they do their fulfillment. Very, very clear. Great, great interview. What a wonderful company, fun personality, and I hope you've been able to capture some things from their experience that are gonna help you on your path of learning what it takes to grow and scale your business. Thanks again for being here. If you know someone that could benefit from this episode, please don't hesitate to share. Uh, There's a share link in your podcast player. Share this out to as many people as you can because it is going to help somebody. Thanks for being here for the ride.